Well, good morning, everybody. How are we this morning? How is everybody this morning? There we go. There we go. Uh, hey, it is, uh, it's so good to see all of you this morning. Uh, welcome to Campusville Christian. Uh, my name is John Andrew. I am the director of uh, children's ministry here at CCC. And you know, we're always excited to be here at church and to see all of you here with us. Uh, but this morning, we are especially excited because today is Family Sunday. Um, and for those of you who don't know or maybe didn't realize, um, we have these Family Sundays on the fifth Sunday of five Sunday months. So about once a quarter, we, we, we have these. Um, and as a church, we want to be united as a body, right? And, and part of being united means gathering together, all of us, to worship. Uh, and that includes young people. Because we know from Scripture that when we worship, we're all worshiping the same God. Um, the kids and the youth aren't worshiping separately a, a God junior, right? Uh, so Family Sunday is a time to remind ourselves of that and to, to be together as the family of God. So this morning, as we begin, there's a couple things that you need to know, all right? First, uh, some of you may have noticed that uh, as you came in this morning, there were some, uh, some sweet little cards sitting out on the, on the chairs. Um, and those are from Rooted Kids, uh, our, our birth through fifth grade uh, ministry here. Um, on Wednesday nights in Rooted Kids, we've been talking about spiritual disciplines, uh, which is something that you do over and over and over again. Uh, that helps you to know God and to love him more. In the past couple weeks, we've been talking about the spiritual discipline of fellowship, uh, which is time spent on purpose, loving and serving uh, and being with other believers in a way that points all of you to Jesus. So we made some cards of encouragement for you, and uh, we thought what better day to give them out than on Family Sunday. So uh, please take them. Take them home with you. Put them on your fridge, I don't know, whatever you want to do with them, and be reminded uh, that not only are we all one in Christ, but also you've got some kids here uh, who, who want to love and encourage you. Uh, something else that you need to know this morning uh, is that we have some of our rooted kids and some of our youth that are going to bring us the message this morning, uh, and they have been prayerfully uh, and thoughtfully working through uh, their thoughts on, on one of Jesus' parables, and uh, it's going to be such a blessing uh, to, to be here and to, to listen to them proclaim the gospel, uh, the word to us. So, uh, with that being said, we're going to start by, uh, by the reading of our text this morning. So, we're going to have uh, some of them come up and read, read our text for this morning. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. 
As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop, a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him, what, are the men, what parable meant? He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but the others I speak in parables, so that though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes to take away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word of joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stand for those who hear. But as they, uh, but as they go on their way, and they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands. For those with a noble and good heart who hear the word and retain it, and by the preserving produce of a crop. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Now, wasn't that a great story we just heard? And, you know, when it comes to farming, I may not have a green thumb or anything like that, which makes me the best person to talk to you about seeds. <laughs> and the specific seed I'm going to talk to you about today is the seed that fell along the path mentioned in Luke 8, 5. <clears throat> a, far a, farmer, oh. <laughs> a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on. And the birds ate it up. And then Jesus explains the meaning of this in verse 11. Along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. What Jesus, what Jesus is basically getting at here is that the people on this path hear the word of God, but are easily persuaded back into their sinful ways, and will not be saved. Now at this point, you might be thinking, is there anything you can do to protect yourself against the work of the devil? And with most things in life, you have to put your trust in God and let him set you on a new and right path. Also, if you happen to know someone who is on this path, remember to pray for them and pray that God will give them strength to get through this and safety throughout their times. Because when it comes to being a disciple of the Lord, we all have a green thumb.
Luke chapter 8, verse 6 says, Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. To me, this means the seed fell on ground that was rocky and did not have thick soil. Without thick soil, a seed cannot grow. The seed is God's word, which if we don't read God's word and plant it in our hearts, then that seed won't grow a proper root, and it will not withstand hard times. Roots on a plant are important because they absorb water and food so the plant can grow and live. They also anchor the plant firmly in the ground, just like the roots on a plant, to live our lives outright so we can have salvation in the end. To be rooted in God's word, we must read God's word and show God's love. If we don't become rooted in God's word, then our seed cannot withstand hard times. We will wither away without moisture, and we will thirst for more of God's word. Luke chapter 8, verse 13 says, Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. When they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. To receive the word with joy, we must open our hearts and minds to be able to really take in the word of God. When we hear the word of God, we should be joyful, happy, and excited because he is giving us direction on how to live our lives. He is showing us what it looks like to be saved and to live our lives through him. But if we don't rid ourselves in his word, then we will not withstand hard times of testing. Or times of testing. During our hard times, we should always turn to God's word first and, and trust and believe in him. Luke 8, verse 7 says this, Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. The stained glass on the window behind the dread set here represents the thorns where the seed is dropped in Jesus' parable. Luke chapter 4, verse 14 says, The seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches of pleasures of this life, so they never grow into maturity. It's pretty self-explanatory. If we're focused on believers as on this world rather than Jesus through the pursuit of riches and pleasures more than Christ, we miss the message Jesus is teaching. For instance, if you planted a seed among wild blackberry bushes, the seed would get choked out by thorns and thistles. Everything here on earth wears out, so instead of worrying about money and everything outside of our control, just leave it to Jesus. When we worry, it takes out away from our relationship with Christ. Luke 8.8 8 reads, Still other seed fell on good soil. He came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than it was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Luke 8.15 says, But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. While working for my dad, 
I've noticed that some yards look better than others because some yards have better soil than others. I've also noticed that the lawns that I mow are beautiful and look like they are from the good soil. But when my dad gets through mowing, it looks like more like the dry, rocky, and weedy soils. <laughs> we have to persevere through the dry, rocky, and weedy soils that, so that we can grow in the good soils. Unless we nurture our relationship with God, we won't grow into the faithful Christians he has called us to be. We feed our faith through God's word and by seeking him in earnest. Our hearts and lives overflow with the abundance of God's grace. And how can you not how can you not marvel a little bit? This is one of Jesus' most important parables, and you can't really rate the importance of the parables of the Son of God, but this is one that is really central to his ministry because it contains a lot of explanatory force. You see Jesus preaching, and you see people responding in different ways, and this is Jesus' understanding of those responses. It's important to know the obstacles in front of you, it's important to be able to identify the threats, right? So I don't understand cars, but I have a lot of bad experiences with cars. When I open the hood, I go every time with hope like a child, thinking that maybe this will be the time when, when I look, it doesn't just look like an undifferentiated pile of metal and confusion. And yet every time, lo and behold, it does. And, and so I, I, was at, I was visiting my girlfriend uh, over, over Christmas, and uh, her father, who's a very, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a farmer, he's a very intelligent man, and he knows how to work with his hands, and he's not necessarily impressed by me. And he comes up to me, and he says, well, Caleb, you've got a bit of a coolant leak. You're going to want to look at that. And I thought, I would like to look at it alone uh, <laughs> without observation <laughs> and come back and say, yeah, yeah, there, yeah I, there it was. It's a coolant leak. So I don't understand the obstacles. I don't understand the threats. I don't understand the things that can go wrong. I just look and, it, and there it is. Jesus is a pretty reliable authority on what things are threats to growth of the Word of God. You know, if, 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 if Jesus tells us, hey, you've got a coolant leak, you're, you're, we're going to want to pay attention to what he says because he understands the Word of God in a way that we do not. And it's very interesting in, in, in hearing these, these young men and women of God talk to us about the obstacles that, that face the growth of the gospel in our lives. Uh, I, I ref there's so many ways to reflect on this, on this parable, but I find myself this week reflecting that, that we are not concerned with the same obstacles that Jesus is concerned with. Some of them we are. But, for example, 
we might expect Jesus to be concerned about the sorry moral state of Rome. Now, Rome's really just going down the tubes. If you've seen the new Caesar that they've got, it's a, it's a shame. Seen the sort of things going on in the Colosseum, how can we expect the Word of God to grow in a culture like this? Yeah, Jesus is not concerned about the admittedly sorry state of Rome. Jesus doesn't wonder at how the gospel could flourish in a culture that is hostile to it. Jesus never expected anything different than hostility, and yet a word that grows powerfully in the midst of that hostility. And so I find that we're at about 50% agreement with the obstacles that Jesus sees. We're at about 50% agreement. You know, Jesus is concerned about demonic attack and, and worry. And we go, yeah, those are, those are some threats. You've got, you've got demons coming after you. That's going to be something we want to be concerned about. And, and we know the dangers of worry, that worry can, can suck us into a spiral of confusion and, and can really degrade us. And so we're, we're amening the word that Jesus says. You know, Jesus says, you've got to be worried about demonic attack and worry and wealth and pleasure. And we're not so sure about those. We're not so sure that those are, are, are matters of concern necessarily. That, that, that's kind of off the wall. That's not something that we would expect to hear. And, and before we get too far into this, I want, I want to just reassure us that, that when Jesus talks about wealth uh, being a concern, that's actually the Greek word plutos, um, which means wealth. It just means wealth. It's very frustrating. Jesus doesn't even say you need to be very concerned about the pursuit of wealth. Jesus doesn't even say you need to be concerned that you're not loving the gift more than the giver. Jesus says that wealth is very dangerous. I'm sure he's not talking about us. As a, as a homeless Palestinian first century Jewish man, I'm sure that he would not see that what we possess as, as anything approaching wealth. Um, so, so we, no. Jesus says that wealth is something that can choke the Word of God before it grows. Keep it immature. Keep it, keep it weak, impotent. This is concerning. Doesn't it take your breath away a bit that, that Jesus talks about wealth and pleasure in the same breath that he talks about demonic attack? Jesus and, and, and we have very different ideas of the obstacles that face the Word of God growing in our lives. And, and we don't have to agree with Jesus on what should concern us. That's the, that's the good news that isn't really good news. We don't have to agree with Jesus on what should concern us about the Word of God growing in our lives. Um, we can disagree, and if we find that our lives do not have the level of intimacy with God, the, the level of maturity, of righteousness that we might want, we don't have to settle for Jesus' explanations. We can come up with our own, but we should really go ahead and be honest with our disagreement. We should be honest that the things that, that Jesus is worried about are not the things that worry us. And if it makes us uncomfortable that we're unable to agree with Jesus on what sort of things choke, choke out the gospel in our lives but we're still unwilling to do anything about those obstacles, that's just important information to have. It's important to know what, how, we're, how we're standing with what Jesus says. 
Now, there's, there's an interesting interplay between activity and passivity in this parable. Uh, the soil doesn't necessarily choose what sort of soil it's going to be. People don't choose to get attacked by demons, right? There, but there's some activity as well. You know, wealth is something that we have a say in. Uh, worry is something that we have a say in. Though also, it, 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 there's some, some passivity as well. We don't really choose the things that cause us worry to enter into our lives. But this is just a reality of, of life. You know, we choose some of the things that happen to us, and, and some things just happen to us, and they're far beyond our choice and beyond our control, but they still impact us. And so we might ask whether or not we're just doomed by our environment, whether we just are the soil that we are, and, and that determines whether Jesus is going to save us or damn us. Um, and and what, we, what we find is... Very instructive that Jesus be, that that Luke begins this chapter with a story, not with a parable, but with a, a recounting. He says, "After this, Jesus traveled from one town to another, one village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God." And, and Justin mentioned this to us last week, which I thought was really good. The twelve were with him, and some women who had been cured of evil spirits with diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Okay. So before he gets into this parable, Jesus has already picked up a woman who has had seven demons living in her, and he says, no, I'm breaking you out. I'm bringing you into freedom. Because there are obstacles to the growth of the Word of God in our hearts, but the seed of the gospel is powerful. The gospel is the seed that chokes the birds, that shatters the stones, that bursts through the thorns. These obstacles are dangerous, but the gospel is yet more dangerous. And so Jesus invites us to look at the places in our heart, to find what obstacles and threats are there to the growth and maturity of the gospel of God in them, and then to tear those things out, to prime our hearts for the growth of God's word. Jesus says that, that the seed that's planted well, the seed that's planted with a good and noble heart, imperfect, but persevering, that this seed can bear a hundredfold crop. And that's, that is a good return. That is an investment that pays dividends. Jesus invites us to embrace his gospel and, and it's difficult. It's difficult to give up any of these obstacles. Some of them we hold quite preciously. But Jesus says the investment is worth it. Let's pray together. God, we thank you that, uh, that you are a generous sower of your word. That where others would be very sparing and very choosy about where they would give their where they would sow their seed, you are generous. And you place your word in places where anyone else would look and say, nah, it doesn't have a chance. And so in those, in those places in all of our hearts where anyone else would look and say, the word of God has no chance to survive there, you, you come, you give your gospel, you give the word of God. And so, God, would you cultivate in us good and noble hearts, hearts which can hear your word and retain it, 
and persevere and produce great kingdom riches. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, who is the Son of God and the friend of sinners and the careful sower. Amen.